Welcome to the Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy, the free podcast for motivated teachers and school leaders who want to inspire their students and school community in literacy learning. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your favourite podcast player, and for more amazing literacy resources, check out the show notes provided with every episode. Hi, I'm Sharon, and I'm the host of a Teacher's Toolkit for Literacy. In every toolkit episode, we bring you specific resources, tools, strategies, tips, techniques to help you in your job as a teacher of literacy. Firstly, we acknowledge and pay our respect to the Ghana people, the traditional custodians whose ancestral lands we gather on. We acknowledge the deep feelings of attachment and relationship of the Ghana people to country, and we respect and value their past, present and ongoing connection to the land and cultural beliefs. Welcome newcomers to the Facebook group and to the podcast. We love hearing the diverse reasons why teachers across the world are joining. We always appreciate and value so much the deep and creative literacy work that's going on in schools. Some of the recent comments from people joining, um, these are all teacher comments this time, but ideas for strategies for whole school literacy programs and adapting and planning literacy activities in high school settings. We're really glad that high school people also find um, some nuggets of gold in the things that we're talking about too. To gain support and resources for teaching effectively, more knowledge and skills on how to support the wide range of learners in my classroom and what quality texts I can use in my classroom. We'll hear plenty about some good quality texts today too. Tips and tricks to pass on to colleagues um, that I mentor. I'm looking for great mentor texts to use in senior primary school classes and from a leader ways to support my teachers and support staff. So if you're not a member of the Teachers Toolkit Facebook group, we'd love you to join and introduce yourself to the group. But now welcome to this podcast called Teachers Sharing Their Professional Practices and this is part two. Um, So last week we had teachers from Mount Barker South Primary School. This Um, week we've got Liam and Liz from Bridgewater Primary School. So two teachers who've been working, well that I've had the privilege and pleasure to be working with this year in their site, um, developing their literacy teaching practices. We'll drill down to what Liz and Liam are going to share with us in a moment, but firstly, welcome Liam and Liz. Thanks Sharon. (laughs) Thanks Sharon. (laughs) We're used to sitting and having conversations. (laughs) It's always such a pleasure. We've had some um, whole days working together and then sometimes working in your classrooms as well. But um, to introduce yourselves and let people know a little bit about you, if you can just tell us year levels that you're working with. Um, Maybe you want to talk a little bit about teaching experience because we've got – oh, look, over to you. You start, Liam. Off you go. You me to start? Yes. so my name is Liam Booker and I currently teach uh, Year 3 and 4 students at Bridgewater Primary School. Um, this is only my third year of teaching, so I'm looking forward to going to my fourth year next year. Um, teaching's always been been a massive passion of mine, um, pretty much since my Year 5 teacher, actually. Um, he really sparked my interest for the, uh, for the profession um, with his, you know, passion and enthusiasm and creativity you know, when it came to learning maths. So for me, I've very much come from a, um, a maths upbringing and background. Um, 
which I actually struggled with <laughs> to begin with as a student. Um, but now coming into uh, having an appreciation for literacy as well has just been very eye-opening with a lot of the sessions that we've worked on together, Sharon, and the professional developments we've had at Bridgewater and also some of the early career teacher um, sessions we've had together as well. So um, I've sort of found a bit of a love for literacy now too, which I'm sure you'll be able to hear about today as well and even the conversation we just had a little bit earlier. Um, I love being a teacher. It you know gets me up in the morning and I'm very lucky and grateful to be working with such a talented group of colleagues at Bridgewater. I, I do feel very blessed in that regard. So, um, yeah, I, I absolutely love what I do every single day and I'm sure Liz is also very much the same as well. Yeah. Oh, Liam, I think we came across each other in your very first year of teaching. It was actually, yeah. Yes. And it was at the education office in Mount Barker. Yes, yeah. yes. Oh, no, sorry. No. It wasn't Ockendorick House. It was. I had it another was. PD. End of, yeah. end of year, I think it was yeah. that first year. I think it might have been our first year of COVID and all things sort of got pushed back. Yeah. So it's it been, was one of the first I think, every, yeah, ones, I think that every year. Every year Since, of your yeah, career, yeah, pretty, yeah, actually, we have every year. had a wonderful opportunity to yeah. work with each other. <laughs> so, okay, Liz, we'll let you have some airtime. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm used to it. Uh, my name's Liz. Um, I'm Liz Sanderson. I've actually been teaching a lot longer than Liam. <laughs> uh, probably, I, I, I lost count, but it's over 20 years. I actually started my teaching career in the Northern Territory, working in Alice Springs, and then I moved over to Western Tasmania. So I've had a fairly diverse range of teaching experiences and then um, been in the Adelaide Hills now for the last 13, 14 years. So um, it's actually interesting to listen to Liam because one of the, the biggest um, pleasures I get out of teaching is seeing students um, develop a love of literacy and learning. And like just hearing Liam talk about how he never really felt like he was and even just talking about, he'll talk to you about his biography later on, but <laughs> he's he's developed. And it's just that knowing that you can do it. You don't have to be the greatest speller in the world or the greatest um, reader in the world to start with. You can actually engage with literacy and really enjoy it. And mm. so, um, yeah, I've but lots and lots of things about teaching that I love. But this year with um, working with you and last year with you, Sharon, has sort of consolidated a lot of things that I know that I it's good practice teaching but also learning a whole heap of new new ideas and strategies too which has been awesome yeah it's been exciting it's been absolutely you're in a school that um has a strong culture yeah of learning <coughs> a good strong learning culture at student level and at teacher level so a real valuing of the learning process and yeah and so then we're always learning. And like, we're yeah. always. Yeah. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And, and the energy yeah. in that. And that's <laughs> what I always feel. Energy. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I always feel. I know we're going to get plenty of energy today. <laughs> um, and that's what I really hope um, listeners are really going to, you're going to benefit from hearing that energy um, because it's exciting work that they're doing. So part of the work at Bridgewater, um, especially this year, 2022, um, has really been um, linking for the literacy block, but really linking the reading and writing. So integrating that work and actually not just integrating it in the reading and writing, but letting that spill into integrating it across the curriculum. And uh, both Liam and um, Liz will share aspects of that. Um, and particularly the work around using good quality literature 
which really links to that thought that we always talk about, that our students can only write as well as the literature they're surrounded by. So that idea of bringing in good literature and using texts as mentors, as real drivers for the teaching and the learning. So reasons for the topic today. So what kinds of things are we thinking about? So as teachers, we're really looking for meaningful ways to engage our students in their literacy learning and to really find that spark that, Liam, you've already mentioned your Year 5 teacher sparked in you. And we really, that's the thing that we're looking for for our students to, as you mentioned, Liz, you know, to really bring our students into, yes, I can do, I can engage, I can be motivated um, to engage in this. Um, students can disengage when learning experiences are sometimes once off and then they don't see the reason for um, for that experience. And so we really want to talk um, today about the connectedness and the integration of reading and writing being really reciprocal processes and how both Liz and Liam have gone about doing that. We're looking for ways to more easily cover a number of skills and strategies in the curriculum through integrated approach to teaching reading and writing and ways to engage students with an exciting range of text types. And ACARA absolutely points us in that direction. And so I've asked Liz and Liam to talk specifically about two um, text types that they've worked with in an integrated way this year. Liam with autobiographies and Liz with poetry. And poetry can often be the groan factor <laughs> for teachers when they go, teaching poetry. It can sometimes be the groan factor for students where it's like, oh, not poetry. So, two really rich um, text types that um, we're working with. So, Liam developed um, his reading writing unit on autobiography. So, year three, four class, yep. um, writing autobiographies. So, would you like to tell us, I think it's probably easier if you tell us a little bit about um, the how you developed the unit. Sure. Would that be where you'd like to start with that? Yeah, of um, and of course, you know, the integration of that. You know, how did you yep. really get the reading and the writing of that unit um, going? So I actually had to transport myself back to uh, 2007 in my year six classroom as a student. I know, <laughs> I know a as a student. As, as a student. So I know it sounds a little bit silly, but I almost had to remember what it was like being a student and being the student's shoes to start sort of backfilling mm. and planning my mm. unit. I um, already had the idea in my head. I remembered my autobiography I had written in year six and we had uh, uh, Roald Dahl's Boy as our class novel. Uh -huh. And so my teacher uh, at the time, Mr. Duffield, I remember him uh, vividly reading it and I just remember tuning out, looking at the, the clock and, you know, wondering when it was home time. <laughs> However, it was very soon after that that I realised um, we were going to be writing about ourselves. Um, that's what 
you know, autobiographical writing is, you know, you're writing about yourself and your, your accomplishments, your endeavors, uh, what you've been able to achieve, um, in your, in your life and you're writing about yourself. And that really interested me. So for me as a, as a teacher, um, I was remembering those things and I actually found my autobiography from year six that I had managed to, to dig up and I started just flicking through the pages and, you know, remembering being in that classroom and working on it and, you know, at the time having to handwrite all the pages and there were a few that had been typed up as well. But um, it was it was mainly being transported back that I, I then had to think what as a teacher do I need to include? What what are the things I'm looking for? What do I want my students to, um, to learn about? What do I need them to include? Um, what am I really looking for um, in understanding what an autobiography and biography writing is and so it was a bit tricky because having a year three four composite class um i believe in year three they were looking at memoir writing so i kind of just consolidated it into just making an autobiography unit and using my own autobiography as a mentor text along with um my colleague caitlin and i uh, using actually whilst whilst you're thinking about that Liam I think one of the points that um, you've already made clear is that when you were you when you were about to do your own autobiography your teacher was using um, boy as, as a mentor as text. a mentor yeah. text um, but maybe not maybe one of the um, reflections that you had on that was that actually maybe, there wasn't real clarity about that as a mentor text. Yeah, you know that it, it wasn't labelled as a as a mentor text. It was our class novel, and we were we were using it as a supporting text, which is what a mentor text is. It was when I was little, by you. I just found it um, by Mary Melbunker when I was little, like you. So that was that was our class mentor text yes. that yeah. um, my colleague Caitlin and I had decided on for our unit, and yeah. uh, to also pick other other pieces as well so we visited our library uh, at school and found a whole heap of uh, a plethora of different um, autobiographies and biographies and um, then started for me in my planning started to sort of just place them um, strategically um, within my unit along with all of the um, the mini lessons I'd I had planned with um, supporting anchor charts and um, things like that, lots of visuals for the for the kids to connect with. So um, it was really about giving them a rich variety of, of texts to explore and to um, make comparisons and, and, and judgments on. Well, yeah. I haven't actually read it, so but were, were there lots of um, little parts that you could pull out and go, right, we'll focus on this today? When I was little, like, yeah. It, yeah. So, you know, for, for example, one... Uh, one mini lesson we had was looking at the layout and the structure of how Mary had designed um, her her book and sort of the themes, the you know, colour themes, patterns um, and even just, yeah, having just a mini lesson around how do you organise that the layout of your book, how do you organise the layout of a page, how do you want your page to, to look and quite often we don't even think of that. So that engages and, the reader. And so... So it engages the students and they really then take ownership of this is how I want my page to look. This is my page about, um, you know, an interesting story when I was a, 
a kid lost at the museum and I want to make sure I've got in the background a museum landscape. Just little things like that that really yeah. made noticing. Noticing, there really, you go. Yes, yeah. the things that they were noticing, so engaging. I like how you used the word um, strategically, that you use the texts strategically. Mm. Um whether it's strategically or intentionally, but I love that term, you use them strategically because that's what you were wanting them to do mm. was to see as a writer, not just Mary in her book, but in the other autobiographies and biographies that you had to actually look at the strategies that yeah. those writers were using that they could notice. And just coming back to that. The notice, the noticing was really important for the whole of the unit, and and um, that being a real driving point for what what do I do next? What's yeah. next? Yes. Which for a lot of students, they ended up, you know, making more and more pages that uh, we hadn't initially planned for. But you know, even a COVID page that came out of nowhere and completely blew me out of the water in oh, the end. Wow. So it's really interesting, and that was then picked up with. A lot of the sharing, which um, we would quite often then do yeah. as a class um, after each sort of session or mini lesson, and you know, just giving them that feedback then to to act on, and then they can implement it straight away. And that that whole process was um, was very beneficial for all, and you know, multiple entry points for all students, even those that mm. might be struggling or you know maybe aren't as in, interested or intrigued, maybe like myself when I initially started my autobiography. So, yeah. Actually, you mentioned before the podcast um, that for some of your children you also included things like assisted technologies. Yeah. So, so talk to us a little bit about um, because you used a really important term a moment ago about making sure every child had an entry point yeah, so into the whole process. So, And a lot of that, again, stems back to me as a, as, as, as a student myself and also now as a teacher and, um, you know, finding it very tricky, um, you know, where do we get started? How do I get started with writing? How do I get started with planning and coming up with ideas? And um, for some of us it's quite easy. For others it can be a real, a real challenge. So... Um, I've got a lot of students, I've got some um, that have dyslexia and are very reluctant to even begin writing um, and some that just struggle in general with writing. Writing's not, you know, something they hold in very high regard and, um, again, very reluctant. I've got some that also have dysgraphia as well. So yeah, for a lot for them, um, they've got the ideas but it's the struggle in actually getting those ideas on paper and, and writing. Yeah. And so using um, an iPad, I know a lot of people might be rolling their eyes or um, maybe trying to, to tune out a little bit, but using text-to-speech functions have absolutely been life-saving for a lot of these kids because they can talk to an iPad. They can talk. You know, all kids love yeah. talking. And they get their ideas down. It records them. And then they can start sort of backward planning from there. And so that there's an entry point. And, and then they can actually yeah. go back and edit it themselves, read it and look Correct. for, for yeah. Yes, yes. And, so and you can actually I, – I didn't I, – I only learnt this when I was – you'd say full stop and it puts a full stop in so they yeah. can – you know, they, can, yes. they know yeah. where – They say space, space or, or backspace yes. or new paragraph. And even just some of that, hearing them talk about and listening to that vocabulary and that the language building around that too and even having other students – that had finished or had maybe uh, 
a little bit further along would go back and support some of these students and even with our wonderful SSOs that we have Mm -hmm. that have an understanding of these technologies and just seeing the confidence for those kids to go, I can write, I can produce, I can do this. As a teacher, you can't ask for anything more. So it's just wonderful And, and it's that entry point that has allowed them, that might be the spark that they have for their you know, their lifelong journey as, as writers and readers yeah. that this is their starting point, which yeah. I'm hopeful it is. Because the, the writing shouldn't just be attributed to how quickly they can write it down. It, exactly. <laughs> you know, and with pen and paper. We're talking about all of those processes yeah. that make us a writer. The craft of writing yeah. means all of those elements that um, – in fact, even in a planning phase, to be able to orally rehearse yeah. what I have to say for many children who might, um, you know, for whom physically, you know, the handwriting part of it or the physical writing it down might be difficult, they may still find that technology is a great way for them to catch their ideas or to orally rehearse it. So then organising that information. What I think the the technology doesn't take away from all of the processes, so organising it, um, editing it, what conventions are required. Where's my voice exactly. in and this? How it's important how it sounds, how I want the, yes. the reader to read this. What can I now yeah. add into that? How, yeah. What word could I use instead of that one? Or? Yes, yes. So, so I think that's the really um, powerful thing for us all to remember is that we need to get the entry point for them but we're not taking away. Just by, by finding an entry point to address one part of the process isn't diminishing no all the other parts of the process and how much they're doing the thinking and the work of that and so and for a lot of them it's um also as well if they've they've um they've voiced what they wanted to say they've got their ideas down you know and they still maybe need to fix some things around that's where i might come into the picture and we start doing some editing together and in that process they can then actually start handwriting it down if they know, oh, I've got the correct spelling, that's how it looks. Um, I can then focus on my handwriting there and my paragraphing and my spacing. So I then I don't have to stress now. I've already I've done the hard yards, I've I've planned, now I can just actually write. And so for a lot of them, they did go back and do lots of handwriting from that, or some of them have oh, chosen to do yep. you know, have a, mm. a written typed piece um, mm. that they've included in their autobiography. So it just was very complimentary. And I think yeah. for me that's been the, the integrated bit as well is the spelling and the handwriting and all those things that are all part of literacy. Have th- It's not just reading and writing. That's what right. I've And so I've, a lot of my spellings come through my reading and writing and my focus mm. in my units of work. Yeah, so. good, good um, connection to make there. Yes, it isn't because, of course, a lot of these things that we're talking about, the spelling, the handwriting – they only exist <laughs> because we want to have it written yeah. um, and, so, and so that somebody can read it. Mm. 
So those things are in service to reading and writing and are a complete integral part of that. So, yes, you're absolutely right. It's, um, you know, the word work, um, how that... um, how that can just be driven by the the reading and writing work. But most importantly, that's where the word work gets to be used. Yes. That it's being used, you know, as I'm writing. The more I'm writing, the more I'm using that knowledge. The more I'm reading and if I'm getting kids to be reading and noticing then they're going to be seeing those words. There's a word, ooh, I want to, I'm going to collect that word. <laughs> I want to use it. I know how to use it. I know how it's spelt. I know, yeah. yeah. And we've developed personal dictionaries around that where they're noticing the words that they they need to use so they're writing that, but also words that they'd like to use in their writing and putting those into their dictionaries. Yes, so yeah. So can use them later on. Beautiful. Now, we will come back to Liam, but Liz, tell us a little bit about... Um, how you developed your poetry unit. Um, so, well, I stumbled on the particular mentor text with you, Sharon, on um, one of our workshops, but um, you were reading Michael Mapurgo's Carnival of Animals where you had it there and we were sharing it and it kind of sparked because we'd uh, my co-teacher and I, I teach part-time year fives. I've had them for two years, so they've done a fair bit of poetry and they mm. actually, most of them quite enjoy it. They, they find it quite freeing because there's so much... Um, how do you call it? Uh, diver- I don't know how you say it. diversity in how they can write it. There's not so many rules in terms of there's there there's, there are some poetic rules, but we we focus a lot on free verse yeah. and how you and you 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 can set it out and there's the punctuation's a little bit different and all that sort of thing. But we had done a bit of that. But we'd been working. But before that, they'd done been doing a lot of work around information texts, and we'd had Bridgewater Zoo and they'd all um, investigated an animal and they'd written reports. So it was very much informative writing. And um, when you brought up that, the Michael Mapurgo's, and it's like it was told from the perspective of an animal. The poems were from the perspective of the animals. And we thought, that'll be fantastic. Let's, they know a lot about their animal that they've researched. Now let's, let's go a bit more creative and have them do mask poetry or was you the mention I don't even think I knew what mask poetry was <laughs> I knew about perspective but I didn't know and so uh, then to it was be quite honest I don't think I knew it much before you did actually yeah. <laughs> that that that's what that poetry is when yeah, it's yeah. written from um yeah the point of whoever the speaker is of the poem I'm not articulating that uh, well was at all. Ever, yeah, and you're putting Point yourself in the animal shoes or it could yeah. be an inanimate object. So yes. that's the other thing. Yes. So we explored some of that when they had a good – they had a bit of a play with some of that with writing about being a shoelace or a shoe or a sock mm. or mm. they even did a Father's Day um, poem oh, from Dad's wow. perspective. We've got a couple. Oh, yeah, so. oh lovely. And it was like coffee. Where's my coffee? <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was all, so we did a bit of playing. We had a look at, and so we we used Michael Mapurgo's as, as a mentor text, and we used it to unpick so many things like the language, the the voice. Mm. You know, how do we know that the lion thinks himself king of the jungle in this particular poem? And we unpicked all that structure and all that sort of thing. And then they had to go, and then we talked about our own animals, and then they had we did some planning around that. And when we we're talking about the planning process before, it's interesting because. I feel like I've let go a bit. I don't tend to give that many performers in terms of planning. It's more around let's 
talk about it, brainstorm some words, write some down if you need to. But some of them just like to write first to plan. Yeah. And then, so a lot of them were writing sort of narratives to start with. And then we looked at how we can then, and then we had, that was like, oh, I'm noticing you're writing it like a story rather than a poem. Yeah. So then we did some mini lessons around that and looked at the structures in the book. So it was that. So, and, but some of them oh. immediately wrote in a different way, you know, in terms mm. of the, so mm. that, you know, their planning was different. But some, and some of them literally wrote it like they were writing a, an information point that uh, I am a lion and I roar, you know, that's, and so, but it was a start and it was someone to work with. And then we were, and then, and it was amazing. We did so much reviewing and editing and going back and like, okay, let's today look at how we can might be able to add a simile or a metaphor into our writing. So let's go back and look at that, just that particular part and go back. And so we had, as you saw when you came into my room and noticed that their pages were covered in yellow, green, red, that where they've, edited and, and reworked and some of them said I just want to write that out again so they'd written it out again and they'd so even a small piece of writing it took quite a long time the whole process because of all the editing and the, and the mini lessons we did around the editing yes um, process yeah. and the review and process yes yes and that you know we we talked about that I know in the workshops we even talked about that you know and this isn't an uncommon thing that we find our students really finding revising a challenge, and yeah, even and in do the we word itself, re- revising or reviewing? Yes, yeah, a lot of blank expressions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like if you if you break it down into a, a really small achievable bit, it just mm. literally we're just looking. What can you change in your writing today? Just one thing, and and then we share back, and we yes, and we and then it's it's amazing how uh, I've got an, I've got some say, examples. I've found that, yes. that cycle to be uh, so much. Um, more engaging for the students as well, just and taking ownership of their work and wanting to do better or wanting to improve on something, because that way, when we're sharing and giving feedback, then if if we aren't having and get, allowing them to have opportunities for that, then they aren't growing and they they're not looking for those areas of growth. Yeah. You know, what what can I work on next, or what am I missing, or what did I yes. what did I miss yeah. during this lesson and. I think that's going back to then that that whole cycle of then this is why we review our work. This is the mm. importance right here. This is why we do it. Yeah. And if they start with something really basic, it's like, that, well, that's great style. You've got yeah. something there to yeah. work with. I've, yes. I've got, I'm yeah. going to call him Bob because, you know, I don't yeah. know. I just think Bob's a funny name. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about a reindeer. But I have I have big hooves. I live in forests. This is the first draft. I have big hooves. I live in forests. My hooves dig for food. Change so my hooves can barely be seen as I run through the Arctic tundra, you know. So mm. change because I said, well, what do you know Incredible. about this? Where do they live? Oh, they yeah. live in the Arctic tundra. Well, let's see if we, that's beautiful. Like, let's yes. see if we can. So just little things, yeah, yeah. But this is a reluctant writer as well. Someone mm. who eventually, yeah, yeah. There's a whole lot of um, really key points there that you talked about that you you let your students plan differently. That it's not a pro forma type start for the planning, but that planning, and I'm guessing that in opening up that planning, as you said, you found them planning in lots of different ways. Do you feel like um, they're exploring more about how they can plan? Yeah, absolutely. I think, and and they sh- and we 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 can't we stop all the time. Well, I rove and we we talk one on one, but then I will stop them and and get them to share some of the ways that they've planned, and that 
because that really helps those ones that are still stuck there going, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, I've found that's been really valuable. Um, most of them are more than willing to put their hands up. In fact, it sometimes takes up too much time now. We have to <laughs> cut it short. But And I think that that's a thing that I've got. To, I, I never, I'm not a big one for planning on a set performer, you know, no. with your hamburger performance. I mean, yeah. they can work for some people. That's fine. But they don't have to. No, and no. I, I've got a friend who's a writer and she says, oh, I'm, I said, do you want to come in and talk about the planning process? She goes, well, my planning process is kind of <laughs> I just write and then I go back and rewrite and, and that's how she does it. So I just highlight so yeah. how different yeah. everyone is in terms of how we plan. Yeah. And it opens possibilities. It does open possibilities. Yeah. And actually it gives children different entry points. Yeah. They can start with three words and it's an yeah. entry point and then we can yes. add to that. Yes, yeah. Yeah. And I do like that whole process of then going back and, and adding, you know, that's what for our um for our water biography unit we had manila folders that we kept. Uh all of our work, our drafts, plans, rough sketches, photographs, anything of, you know, for inspiration within these manila folders. Thanks for the tip that, by the way, Sharon. <laughs> and just having them in their book boxes on their desks for them to go, Oh, I can I was working on that. I'll grab that out and finish that off now. I've got a quick five minutes or, oh, yeah, I remember remember doing that. Well, so-and-so gave me that that mm. helpful little reminder about working on or trying this to help with my planning or my organisation. Oh, yeah, I'll try that. And just seeing that and the support within the classroom and mm. even those little moments of, you know, just after lunch, everyone's exhausted. They might just grab and just work on a little bit at a time and just that whole process that we're not, oh, all right, everyone, this is 45 minutes we're dedicating to. We're looking at writing. We're going to have 15 minutes set out for, you know, a teacher instruction. Then you can go off and you just looking for those little moments that literacy wasn't just one one lesson we're doing of writing or editing or reviewing in a week. It's it's continually, continuously happening yeah. um, constantly and then they're more empowered to actually give it a go and keep working with it. And it kind of takes on a life of its own. You just, you know what your next step is when you see what's going on. You think, right, yeah. we'll, we'll look at this bit tomorrow because yes. I'm seeing that they're, they're yeah. repeating their sentence starters or whatever it yes. is that they're, they're doing. Yeah. And you talked about that nice, you know, in roving, yeah. having eyes on students as they're writing to be able to do two things, collect, like to notice and collect. Mm, this is what this – is, this is what will elevate – our writing, you know, or take yep. us, you know, to a another level if we either look back at a mentor text or or share something that somebody in the class, class has written. Yeah, that's, that's a common one, isn't yeah. it? And and a powerful one too. And I think really. that's what we moved on to more than the actual mentor text after a while. Mm. We were using other people's and we were using yeah. them all the time and that was really powerful. And, and then we were yeah. and then we were using, you know, that was gave us an opportunity to then make anchor charts around certain little I'm putting that word in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anchor charts around things like let's crack open the noun and make the that noun more powerful in the sentence or, yes. you know, or the yeah. verb or the yeah. So things yeah. like that. So yeah, we it it was good. And uh, using other because pe- we've got I've got some quite Quite mature writers in my room, yeah. and they're always willing. Yeah, and it's and it's it's been really helpful. Their mentor tech, they love having theirs used as a mentor tech. Yes, yes. And it's not just it, we use everyone's. Even the, the dyslexic kids who are reluctant to write, they were so happy to share what they'd achieved. And 
And that's really it, good isn't job. it? Mm. That's it. Everybody is the writer. Mm. And I think poetry is really good for that too. It is. And and it gives us that opportunity to say, you know what, this is what I was trying to do as a writer in mm. this line or in this phrase or in this part of what I was doing, you know, that it um you know it might not be that we've worked on everything yet, but just to be able to draw, you know, and to say, yeah, look at the difference this has made by just what I've done here. I do want to just make sure that we um, talk a little bit about that planning process in that, um, Liam, you found in doing the autobiographical writing that you weren't just going through the writing cycle as one complete um, once-only cycle so that it wasn't just a plan, draft, edit, publish. Can you just talk us through a little bit about how that ended up looking in your class and how that worked so well? So at the start we we looked at the writing process and – Tried unpacking it together as a class, and there's obviously lots of lots of hiccups, lots of um, you know tired and glossy eyes looking at me um, <laughs> as I was going over. Oh, we've done this before. We've done this before. I, I know how to write, and I said, okay. And so we started out by doing a, a mini lesson for each writing process, and we started with one one piece of writing. Uh, we've used um, our quick write books that we have just for those little snippets, little short pieces where we might have a prompt or um, you know, a topic to write about. And so we started there with, with planning and we worked our way through. So we started at planning, then went on to drafting, then went on to um, uh, editing, reviewing, and then publishing. And so at each little stop, and we only had to do, we only had to do it once, was looking at what do we want, to refine what do we want to get right at each cycle and it was understanding the importance why we do each cycle why we have to stop at each point and why what we need to do and um so you it, mean each part of your autobiography each part yeah, of our autobiography yeah, yeah. so uh, when it came to say um we looked at our mentor text and we picked okay, this is what is going to be our focus today so it might be looking at um you know here Mary's spoken about um, you know, living on a farm or having some animals. So, okay, we've got some pets. So we might be looking at designing our pets page. And so we started out with a broad little um, brainstorm together as a class, which, you know, got all the kids talking, different types of animals, um, you know, what we have and what we can bring to that conversation. And then moving from there, they could then independently go into start editing and then doing their own little brainstorm. And in that cycle from a mini lesson and an anchor chart actually constructing what they wanted the page to look like just from the conversations we were having and then sharing that back as a class, even having to think about whether it's something was in landscape or portrait mm. um, and how we wanted our, our pages to flow. Because at this stage, you know, you're working on a page at a time. You don't have your finished book out in front of you. You don't have the the layout of what it's going to look like when it's finished as you're working on it the whole way through. So that's part of the process is there's multiple entry points because you're not limited to what page you could work on or what you could do on that page. For some kids, 
They found it easy to write about um, their family holiday or a trip they've been on. For others, it was doing a pets page or it was doing my favorites or hobbies page. Yeah. And so they're then using that cycle all the way through, but each time they're using it, they're becoming capable of doing it independently without um, needing teacher support and, and feedback. Of course, I'm still you know, giving that as I'm drafting their work and I'm working on it with them as I'm roving around during our sessions. But each time you're you're just sort of chipping away, chipping away at them and they're just taking a little bit more away each time that they feel confident enough to go, I understand the process and this is why it's important to do all of these steps. So they and were using the yeah. same process for each part. For each of part they're using the so same process. We're not going back and going, all right, we're just doing you know, edit the whole yeah, lot so, now. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. everyone so work on your pet we'll, page. We'll all write, we'll do yeah. a draft of our entire autobiography. Yeah. And so, then I'll look at it. And so. then we'll yes, come back and we'll rev- you know, review and revise and then we'll go on to publishing instead. Correct. You took them through that full cycle for each page. Yeah. And and I I believe they have more of an appreciation for it as well that they're to them it doesn't feel like and to me as well it didn't feel like we're actually completing this big yeah Yeah. arduous project that it's it's slowly coming together piece by piece and over time it's something you can become more and more proud of and I was seeing that um within their work each Mm. each session we had each writing some of the kids were even so keen when's our next autobiography writing lesson when are we working on it next Mm. because they were so keen and eager to get started that they've got they've got something to work on and they feel confident enough to do it yeah and they they understand the process they knew the process and i feel like that sets them up for the ones who want to you can do as many pages as you like then can't you correct so you know the ones that are going to take their time over a couple of pages that's great the ones that I'm obviously They're going to race through and, and just they may be able to do keep more, churning out pages. Know, so it gives that, that differentiation. And, and it, for yes. them it turned into an opportunity where um, we started thinking, oh, what are some bonus pages or additional pages we could add? What have we not thought of? And that's where mm. COVID-19 came, mm. out of, mm. came out of being a page and going, oh, how has that impacted our lives? What's what's life been like, you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID? What's it looking like now? Oh, that would be a brilliant page to have. Oh, I really liked that. I'm going to steal that idea. I want that to be a page as well. And so it's turned into that that feedback cycle yeah. and that sharing mm. Of, mm. Of, of work as we're going along that allowed them to go, well, I'm taking ownership of this and I really want, I really want to create this wonderful finished product that – I'm proud and, and I'm happy to show yeah. and yeah. that's then back reflective of the, the whole planning process is I wanted students to feel capable and confident to to give this a go and to be able to go at it at their own pace that they didn't have to feel they were competing against each other to see who could finish first or who could have the most pages because then I think it loses its you know substance and its impact. Yeah. And its purpose. And its purpose. So And so really that that idea of having the cycle, so the you know the plan, draft, revise, publish cycle, a number of times does suit itself to autobiographical writing, yes. to biography writing, to in fact informational text writing. So if we're or an information report, there's a to poetry. If we were publishing you know, different um, 
or if we had a collection of poems, it's possible for us to – so I think it's really good for us as um, teachers, you know, to think which types of writing really benefit from that cycling through rather than it only being the cycle once. You know, that if we, if we can cycle multiple times, each time they go through the cycle – they're learning more about the cycle itself and they're, you know, they're having more practice at it. Because if we sometimes think, you know, if we've worked on a piece for a term and we've gone through the cycle once, we haven't got very experienced, no. you know, as writers, you know, in the process. The writing, the writing process is important. So, so that opportunity to really have, you know, how many pages might have they done for their biography or their autobiography? So they, they've got 12 pages. Oh, my word. Which is a, a lot. Oh, my and word. So it's it's a, been a massive project. Yes. It's, um, it's due at the end of this week, so they've still got a little bit of time <laughs> to finish it off. Yeah. However, um, it's been about a term and a half they've been working on it, so... We've um, we haven't spent the whole time you know, within no, literacy just, just on, on autobiography no, no. Um, writing. We've been coming back to it every mm. now and again. Mm. So we've also been looking at procedural um, text as well. And have you found a spillover? Have you found? Yeah. Well, within the as I said within um, uh, earlier within the writing process itself, going oh this is part of the writing process and. Um, I, I found a lot more kids were enthusiastic and engaged with their writing because they took ownership of it. Mm. It's not saying that they weren't before, but they were noticing that, oh, I maybe I was struggling a bit with my paragraphing and that was something I wanted to work on. So within the, the reviewing section, mm. I know I'm really going to look for and honing in on my paragraphing because I'm just writing in big blocks and it's it's very hard for you know someone to pick this up and to try and understand my thoughts and where I want to start and end. So um, I started hearing a lot more conversations about, oh, this is what we did, you know, when we looked at this as part of the writing process or this was within that mini lesson where we were looking at acting it out or this was in our um, – this was on our anchor chart that we could see about the layout of our – and so just even just having those little conversations and, and hearing students talk about that and just have that passion for writing and – for, for wanting to um, to give something a go, especially for those reluctant writers, that we've we, they've done the hard work and they've been doing it all along, but they just haven't realised it mm. because for them it hasn't been. It's just been it's been a constant review of yeah. the writing process. So I found that we've honed into several things several times over through different genres the whole year, and yeah. it's really noticing it's now really that when they're doing, well, we're just giving them a stimulus to write about now they're doing it automatically they're thinking about you know the similes in there or the metaphors or yeah. you know the yeah. way they're writing and going back and forth. and they know full well now that they're never going to go i'm done and yeah. they'll they'll they just don't do that anymore and yeah. so that's been yes. one of the great wow. you know it has yeah. transferred across even when you're writing information text they're much more interesting yeah. and you know yeah, enjoyable to read. You yeah, know, yeah. The, so the, there is that spillover. There is definitely yeah, a spillover. Yeah, I think even in, as a whole site too, that's seems to be the general consensus when we've 
met back and you know looked at moderation and and mm-hmm. just analyzed the students work from you know start of the year to now seeing the the impact that it's had and yeah, just sharing that amongst each other as, as colleagues is it's been wonderful to then hear that feedback and go oh well that's working for you oh we've been having similar conversations and you know the students are feeling the same as you know the receptions of the year ones and mm. just hearing that that's it's having a lasting impact is, is really and they don't powerful. groan when they have to write no <laughs> <laughs> No, no. In fact, there's been some big publications. I, I want to get to that publishing um, part of what you've done too because, Liz, you also connected the poetry to… Oral. Oral. But actually I don't think we even got to mention that oh. you um, – the po- the mask poems they did, did they do them just from – they, they did it from two perspectives. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, the, the idea we talked about whether they would do it from the perspective of being in the wild and free or yeah. in captivity. Some of them combined their poems and they did it more from the point of view of being hunted and mm. that sort of thing. So there was that human aspect to it. But then some did write two different poems from different perspectives. And so they came out, they were really powerful in the end. So, yeah, it was that was another thing we discussed as a – you know, when we were in our PD. That's why it's so great to talk to people about what you're doing because they go, oh, that's a great idea. We can yeah. do two different perspectives, you know. Yes, from, yes. So that that was that was really good. I've shared that myself with a few people <laughs> mm. that you've done that, Liz, mm. you know, because it is – it's such um, – it's – well, for mask poems, it's yeah. such a great way for that to be, um, you know, to be brought out that I, I can write – Two poems from one um, human being or mm. one animal's perspective on on being in different situations. Yeah, absolutely. And my word, that's powerful. That's and even for them to try and th- to think really hard about what it might be, yes. and that's that's just yeah. spills over to lots of things in terms of yeah. emotional even, intelligence and learning yeah, and things. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even if you're given, say, in a high school student or even an adult. That's a task like that. That's it's quite challenging. And we found it spilled into our, our latest. We've got the Chris Van Allsburg work going on, and and some yes. of that's like we've been doing script writing with Jumanji and things. But there's some um, a lot of perspective in some of his books. There's a lot of from inanimate objects, and so they've been grasping that and running because they've already been doing the mask poems. So, they, uh, so, so they're they making yeah. making connections with that and actually mm. writing from the perspective of other objects and things. Mm. So. Wow. Using the same style as Chris Van Allsburg. It's that noticing, isn't it? Mm. And that they're noticing. I wanted to make the connection. I think I make it just about every time and people will be going, yep, she says this every time. But um, ACARA talks about, our Australian curriculum talks about that our students learn how to use texts to inform them to write their own and so right here you're talking about them doing that it doesn't take much to get them into the noticing does it no and then here you are talking about how they're doing that you know across not even just in that type of writing or in that unit but no you know doing that noticing at other times and what they can do with that what have they learned from that what can they do with that? So, just I, wanted, I wanted to mention the oral 
language too yes. because um, with poetry, obviously, it lends itself to really – so we, we, we had a big discussion about the fluency as well and, and the different parts of fluency and unpicking that and what, you know, so tone and tempo and enunciation – and um, speed and, and what words you might emphasise when you're reading and things like that. And we've done a lot of sharing and oral reading poetry as well. But that's really helped, like we said before, about being mentors for other, other people. We've got a lot of writers who are grammatically and uh, in spelling, they're really accurate, but they haven't necessarily in the past had the imagination and the flair that some of the other ones that will, will read their they're writing out to us and we're going, wow, the imagery you've got. And they've actually started to – some of those really sort of – I don't know how you call them. What would you call those writers that are just – they're very – Accurate. Accurate and very – you know, they'll probably do quite safe. well. Safe, yes. yeah, but yeah. They, they've added much more voice mm. to, their, to their writing. There's, and that's, yeah. that's the word, isn't it? And I think that's come yes. from other students. And often those students are the ones – if you looked at their writing, it might be – there might be spelling mistakes, but they're having a go at these words that – doesn't matter about the spelling mistakes because the words are perfect in terms of what they're using. Yeah, the ones they've chosen. And, and yes. I think with poetry that was really good. So we did a lot of work around uh, – they, they even edited – after they'd actually written their poems, they then went back and looked at how they were going to read them. And mm. that was really powerful. Um, and that was their publishing, was the reading of the poems too. And actually made masks too. To, yes. And that yes. became – no, I thought they were going to make basic masks, but they ended up being quite realistic. Oh, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say their masks were elevated like their writing yes, yes. was. You know, they they really um, – those masks really came to life yeah. because their writing was truly alive, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So from it all, from all the research about their animals and then through to the creator, they just became really into the – you know, they, they've got a very, very good understanding of a lot of – Genres, yeah. Yes, yeah. And it's nice to be able to have that um, lead up to something new, you know, not just to, okay, done with that, now. Mm. On to the next ne- thing. Next thing. But to be able to bring knowledge from what from one area to what we're it's going that to. that transferability that it, yes. that it offers. Yeah. And, and it's been really good about your unit. And I think that's the thing is, is just go with what's really interesting for them and then but then weave it into what you need to, to do. We did review writing as well again. That they reviewed each other's videos on their animal reports. So we oh, did that. So that all nice. came through. Yeah, yeah, great connection. Yeah. 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 Um, and two, your two days a week. In three. Three days. Sorry, Liz. Three days a week in your classroom and um, just by the by so that – Listeners, no. So you actually, you were running the poetry part um, on your three days, and your co-teacher was running something else. Yeah, on those she was, days. and she was covering. She was covering a lot of the writing. She, yeah, she was running different. Yeah, and she was fun. She ran the the animal um, information reports and, uh-huh. and did all. Yes, yeah. we work together, um, but she covers certain areas, and I cover other areas. But yeah. Yeah, the poetry yeah. was. Was my thing, yeah. And, and she's I'm now only... focusing on the perspective writing with Chris Van Olsberg, so yes. it works him really well. Yeah, because I was going to say you plan together, but mm. you also um, have had some threads of things running through, and that's that's what I think is really important for um, us to acknowledge is that planning with a colleague looks like lots of different ways, and that it can play out in different ways at different times. 
you know, and that's what really helps um, um, helps to keep the flow of things, you know. Yeah, and as soon as we get locked in and say, well, it's just going to be like this, then we can't um, we can't flow with it as much as we. And it's been great. We talk about what we're where we're up to and what we've done and what's worked and what hasn't, and mm. then we'll, well, what we might go to now. And that's why things take longer than they. But then we've fitted so much in when you think about it. When you actually, even though it might take slightly longer to get through it all, it's it certainly weaves its way through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell us a little bit. How, as a school, do you do the planning? Do you plan? In teams, do you plan? I guess it really depends on uh, I mean, what we're sort of focusing on. But generally we normally just plan. We might do a sort of whole site staff plan and then maybe break off into smaller groups, so maybe year levels. Um, I mean, obviously we're a very, very small school, so yes. it's yeah. really hard to try and um, you know, work with a very specific year level. I you know, very lucky I work alongside a, another year three, four teachers. So we quite often will break off and plan together. And yeah. um, I also have someone else that works for me on, on a Monday. So um, we'll tr- us three will try and sort of plan together. And I think you, Liz, you try and break off with Dan. Yeah, yeah. so I, well. I, my coach, I'm actually sort of a little bit, I mean, I'm on the only year five teacher this year, so mm-hmm. it is a small school. So in the past, we've done a lot more in our neighbourhood planning. But I guess as a, a small school, when we've had days like yours, that's where we've kind of got together. And we've done a lot of work around um, the whole school rubric around, right, and that's really, and then and, 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 the, and the Bridgewater um, scope and sequence <laughs> that we've got. So that's where it's guided us in terms of, all right, we want to cover this. And that's really helped, I think. And then, then knowing what you've got to do, and then be able to then go and link it into the interest, which or has the then allowed us to be able to yeah, plan this way yeah. that we that we have yeah. is from those conversations, those learning conversations we've had as a whole site, and yeah. the days we've had with you, Sharon, as well, those professional development days too, and again going back to honing in on what we want to achieve as a whole site what we want to achieve at the And I think we're still a work in too. progress and how we yeah. hone in that planning, and and so we've got the whole site. Th- going on and we've got we know at what this year level what we need to teach and then it's like would be nice to bet sure you've got at least a neighborhood planning team to to be able to work that out because i team teach with someone else that's that's yeah that's kind yeah that's that's it that's where you've got your um and i think that's how it seems to work mostly at the school is that you've you know, people don't necessarily plan in isolation. No, that rarely happens at Bridgewater. Yeah, yeah, which I think is what we need as teachers, yeah. isn't yeah. it? And we share, we, we share just, what we've got yes. and we, Resources. Yes. everyone's generous in Ideas how they share. Everything, yeah. yeah. Actually, one of the things that, um, you know, getting um, texts and, um, you know, the mentor texts to work with this year, like that was a big focus that was um, and um, your Gina, Gina, your Gina, my Gina, oh, Gina. <laughs> a wonderful it's like Gina, genie in the mm. bottle, isn't it? You know, it's like you do. You just we need books, Gina. Um, Gina did a lot of work. So when you talk about that scope and sequence, it's really like you've got a a, a map at Bridgewater mm. around. Um, the kinds of texts and the kinds of writing and reading um, or the text types that you're going to work with across a year. Um, and to support that, 
Gina pulled together tubs, tubs, tubs. and tubs of, of mentors. Which we're texts. adding to all the time, which yes. is great. Yeah, consistently. Yes. So we're as we've needed we've developed these units, we're buying the books and adding them mm. to the like, mm. soaps. Just comes back to those conversations of oh, I've been doing my mass poetry unit and this is a wonderful book I'd recommend that oh we should add that to the uh, to the list and we can put that for a mentor text bucket or uh, box for poetry. So you know, it's that sharing of resources again and the yeah. different texts. And we're lucky to have Gina Hall just gather oh, it very. all together for us if we yes. need. Yes. Yeah. And it was such a rich start mm, to, absolutely. to knowing that, all right, so for this text type, all right, here's at year level, you know, here's bundles of um, books already here that we've got, but this whole adding to, do you feel um, that a year in that your um, awareness of and knowledge of books that you might want to, literature that you might want to bring to your students has grown? Uh, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> keep wanting to try all the things all the time. But there's yeah. just, Not enough hours to, in the like, day. Note it down somewhere. I'll use that later. Yes. Actually, I'm yeah. using the important book at the moment. For oh, something right? special, but I don't Ooh. know. I hope she's oh, not going to listen to this. Oh, pop. yeah. <laughs> or only after yes. the important <laughs> event. Yes. But even now, um, just looking at different texts, like, oh, that actually be, would be really good for a unit on a. That'd be good for an autobiography unit. Or mm, that might be a really good book I might use for, you know, talking about um, informational texts. Yeah, I feel like books. Example. I often use books as a stimulus for. I jump off from there and then, then it sort of. Go down a rabbit hole and you know find lots of other things, but yeah, it's it's yeah. a great way to start. Yeah. Sure. That's what I'd recommend to any new teachers that are out. Is find something that's really powerful, and then you you'll find it just rolls from there. Yes, yes, yeah, that's it, isn't I mean, it? It's, it's planning like around that. it, but it's flexible planning and it's make emergent it, make planning. Make the book work and, for yes. you. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and the book frequently is the entry point, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, that's where it really. Let's everybody enter in. Um, so, are there any other tools or resources that you have found important? I've, I've got to say the the Jennifer Cerevello, um, the writing strategies book. I believe I've got that correct. You have got it correct. Just flicking through that, I remember just yeah, when I first got it, and we only had two at the school. We've now got one for every classroom, which is fantastic, but we only had the two, and I, I reckon it was our principal's book I had. Yes. I'd taken off of her for quite a while and had put all my sticky notes through it, and then I think Liz had taken it off of me uh, for quite some time and you know, taken off a, another teacher as well. But the oh, all the ideas in that, they're really text. usable uh, they straight are. away. And, Grab and go. Yes. And you do, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to think of something new yourself. There are some I adapted myself and went, oh, I really like that, but I wish, you know, it went this way. Right. Or I wish it followed right. on with this. Yep. So I was able to adapt and I think Liz was the same as well. But they're, they're pre-written. They're there for you. You can add them to your anchor chart. Um, booklets or just some anchor charts and they're visual for the kids they connect to them um so jennifer saravella's book i couldn't you know couldn't give yeah, any more so recommendations she's got for the writing she's got strategies some, book yeah. and, and obviously linking, reading strategies yes book. she's got yeah. and and obviously um with the cara that we've got the um Pontus and Pennell reading Pennell. writing continuum yep. that yes. i just yeah. as you as you pointed out to us like, it's been a good for me to see that you go that it's all in there like this is what you 
you just can go to there. Oh, that's what you need it's to do. It's more concise and yeah. it's oh, yes. I can see it's more open to me. And detailed. And yeah. detailed, yeah. So for writing, um, I was just going to say with Jennifer Cerevello's books, um, it's a single page yep. where she introduced or where she's um, really talking about strategy. She always links it to mentor text and that doesn't mean a particular mentor text. She talks about what kind of mentor text you might be looking for. So it doesn't mean you have to have the one that she's mentioned, if she has mentioned one, but the one that you're using, you know, can be readily adapted to. Um, she gives a little bit of a preamble, gives a it's but it's a single page. Some prompts, yep. some possible yeah. prompts that are useful, especially when you're roving with students to um, There's some, think even about. some questions on there as well. Yeah, I think the prompts and I think that's what she calls be, the questions. Yeah, prompts, well that's some okay. question stems. Yeah. Um and then she also breaks up the book and, and I just want to give a nod to that as well as to um, the literacy learning continuum that Fountas and Pennell have, is that both of them are presenting parts of the writing process yeah. in a really clear way so that we've got all of those things around, well, Fountas and Pennell have got just the writing process as one of those aspects so all those elements of it, from the planning and drafting to reviewing, revising, editing, proofreading. Um, publishing. Publishing. Um, but then they've also got all those, you know, tremendous sections on um, conventions yeah. and how we are bringing in. So when you talked about mini lessons before, a lot of those mini lessons you're drawing from these resources because they are giving the detail of the very things that are on our Australian curriculum at the year exactly. level. So it really lets us get to those things and to say, huh, that's exactly what I've noticed. That's the thing that we need more of. And because um, – or Jennifer gives the uh, grade level range and found, uh, the – Literacy Learning Continuum gives it to us at year level. Yeah, as it's in the curriculum. As it is in the curriculum. So it is just a complete connection. So, yeah, I I agree. They're the, the planning tools um, that we don't have to – we certainly don't need to be reinventing, um, but they're good guides to say, yeah. huh, yep, this year level, yep. Covering that. I think if my memory serves me correctly, I believe the writing strategies book is actually separated into those different sections for reviewing, planning. Yes. And so you can go to that section and go, yep. oh, and have a bit of a look through and go, yeah, oh, yes. that's actually really good. Yes. I can use that as a mini lesson or as for my anchor chart. So I remember vividly using um, one of those lessons for it was planning the layout of our page. Yeah. And so then designing and, and put, just copying the anchor chart, putting it straight there and utilizing it as it was, changing a few little things to suit my class and yeah. um, then went from it. there and just adapting yeah. it to, yeah. you know, to suit Great. the needs. And it was there done. Very simple and made my job as a teacher a whole lot easier. I didn't have to sit and think and, and plan something to, yeah. you know, well, I had to still plan, but 
know, it's kind of to like the mentor myself, there with so, you, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the, it, it yeah, is in know, itself a mentor text for you yeah. as a teacher. So, yeah. yeah, and Sheena Cameron as well. She's been, yeah, yes, yes, strategies, reading strategies. I use, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and as I said, we said before, we did spend some time developing our assessment rubric, which is also helpful in terms of, um, Planning, but also assessing consistency yeah. too as a as a site. What too, are you looking? Especially. What are we looking for when we're looking yes. for? Yeah. And what you know, so when then we're looking for the next steps. Yeah. Especially for newer teachers as well that we've had come to our site as well that they now feel more confident going. Oh, this is our consistent approach. This is what we're looking for. This is what we want to achieve. Yes. This is what we want receptions to be able to do when they get to year six, and this is their their progress. The success the, criteria. We we, yeah. we did a lot of work around visible learning, so it fits in well with. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, yeah. Now, children knowing where they, what they are looking to achieve, and what's the next step. Yes. And with that visible learning, you know, that's it's about giving good feedback, yeah. but it's also about them reflecting on yeah. their own, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. that they know what it is that they are. This is what I was trying to do. This is what I did do. Let's just go back to the rubric for a moment because you used. Um, We've talked about this before on podcasts, but you've used the six plus traits of writing rubric. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you don't have to remember. Voice, fluency, organisation. Yes. And it fitted in perfectly with the curriculum. We, we looked at it in terms yeah. of the Australian curriculum and, and what yes. was in there. Yes. And so there's the, um, the match through the literacy learning progressions. Yep. Same, um, same categories. Um, and then Jennifer Cerevello's book links in again with those same um, things. So ideas, organisation, word choice, yep. voice, voice, sentence fluency, conventions, conventions. presentations. presentations. Yes. Well and so, yes, and so as a school, um, I mean, you spent, you know, the last session of a day really getting that rubric um, for your year levels. Um, so that you've got, as you said, some nice consistency around that. And I think the tools that you work with then, it's easy to know what to look for to say, yeah, voice. What what can we do to lift voice? Or so if on a rubric, if a student's low in that part, right, oh, there's yeah, something yeah. that, yeah, we're really going to build in. Um, and it's really those... Um, the, the the idea of that uh, six plus traits rubric was always about that that's what you're using to inform your planning, planning yes absolutely and, yeah. and your teaching and your roving yeah. you know that you can look at how students are doing with each of those things and to bring more you know bring two or three mini lessons of those things to them along the way. Oh, uh, yes. I have one more little tip for little, resources. I yes. remember when when you were in, Sharon, and I was taking you through my classroom, um, this was more specifically for my autobiography unit, mm. but having the resources out for the students, uh, which was laid out on, on the classroom floor at the front, front of the room, um, having paper and different um, – yeah, uh, lo- Yes. Yeah. You had a variety choi- of yeah, choice had, in, yeah, in choices of publishing materials, pieces, yeah. materials. Yep. Yes, yes. 
yeah, I think that was that was really really important. Just yeah, more specifically for for that unit of work, but that for them that they could go pick and choose and how they wanted again going back to the layout of their pages, so going back from a mini lesson to then looking at planning their page out and what resources they wanted to use, what type of paper, you know, card, how they wanted it to look, you know, all of those sorts of things and having that choice and those options out laid out for them at the front of the class. Um, it, yeah, it worked wonders for them that they felt more ownership of their work and we're going, oh, I want it to look really, really nice. Or I want to include that. I mean, what yeah. it look like? And, and the key word that I'm going to use here is the word use, you know, that in yeah. all of these processes they're using yep. the very strategies and skills that you've been teaching them mm-hmm. and, that's, and that can't help but play out in, you know, just such great growth for them along the way. I did have your Teach Effect web website on there as well in terms of oh. the tools and actually using like the reading calendar and things like that. And then you've actually summarised things that they can use for goals. I found that really useful in terms of their reading. Like you need to set yourself a reading goal. Well, these are the sorts of things that at year five level you should be doing, like choosing books that are of interest to you and all those sorts yes. of things. So yes. I know that I have to plug you there. Just a <laughs> but, yeah, no, we, we've used a lot of those like bits and pieces. Well, that's good to know. Yes, yes, that there's been – and I suppose that's what we were trying to do with TeachIFIC, but it helps even more when, you know, that's the way that you're operating in a school, that you can find those tools that are really going to support that kind of um, work that you're trying to do. Um, It's a good record for the students as well to be able to – Right, yeah, that's what I've found. Yeah. Yeah. Especially keep track of as well. Yes, yes. I often think those calendars, I just think we'd – It'd be great to have some photos of some of those going up on a, on the Facebook page sometime because I think other children would actually be really interested in seeing what other children at their age are actually are reading. reading. Yeah. Let's wrap up with this then. What Has there been an absolute favourite aspect of the year? So really this has been a year of um, really planning a bit differently, you know, really making those intentional and strategic connections with reading and writing and the range of text types across the year. Not saying that it wasn't what you were doing before, but as a school site you've probably been a bit more intentional around that. What has there been a favourite aspect for you? I I Mm. think if I'm going to say it in one sentence, Mm -hmm. so just in terms of what, for me, yeah. it's actually really enjoying reading my children's writing now. Like it's not an arduous task wow. to actually get the kids in and actually read their writing and, mm. and really enjoy it and it makes you laugh out loud or it makes you want to cry or yeah. Wow. So, or listening to them read. So yes. you know how yeah. sometimes you go, oh, God, yeah. I have to read another one. Yeah. <laughs> a tome I've got to read. <laughs> yes. But no, it's Especially not like that. So, so I kids. think that... I think when I was trying to think about it, I was thinking, oh, I reckon that's a really big thing. Mm, mm. And that would have to be testament to the fact that they've absolutely found their voice. Yes, absolutely. You know, that through all the mentors. So want to read that. Yeah, yeah. That's big. My students do love reading. That's the other thing. But they've always loved reading. But I think they're more intentional about their reading and they're diversifying their reading for Mm. pleasure. 
as well. Mm. Not that, that more than one sentence. Not that I want to piggyback off off you, Liz, but <laughs> I I think as well, I'm very much looking forward to reading their water biographies when when they are finished. And I started reading a couple of them now, and I, I know it's kind of maybe a little bit cheesy, but it does it makes me feel really really good as a teacher knowing that they have enjoyed writing and reading and learning about themselves and their family and their favorite subject their favorite <laughs> subject but just having having a, a passion for writing and for reading and that it can be from something you know very small that can inspire them into something you know massive and and beautiful so I've I've really enjoyed watching them grow throughout the whole process, and even myself as a teacher being reflective and and seeing their engagement, you know, increase and their confidence in giving things a go that has transferred across all other curriculum areas and also outside of school too. That they are capable of doing this, and you know, um, literature isn't something to be scared of. It's not something to um, to worry about and to feel. Um, like you're a failure in that you are capable of doing it and seeing that realisation for some of my students has just been, it's been really quite beautiful. So mm. um, not to try and make it emotional and tear-jerking, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been very blessed to see that process sort of all come together now and it's it's been wonderful to, to see their achievements that they've made. So I'm, I'm really proud of them mm. and how far they've come and, yeah, very lucky to be working with with Liz and um, uh, a whole bunch of wonderful colleagues back at Bridgewater. So, but they're important things, aren't yeah. they? You know, the, yeah. the how we can feel about our work, the, the crafting, the art, and the craft of our own work, and the difference that that makes. Intentional planning and noticing and giving children entry points and giving children and a chance to share it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually wanting yeah, to appreciate yeah. it too. Yeah. And you know, there's there's an amazing thing right there in you saying, you know, that how much you've enjoyed reading their writing. And Liam's, you know, you're talking about how much they've enjoyed doing their writing. Um, but the fact that it isn't just us, the teacher who's going to enjoy that re- that writing. But they are clearly understanding, they've got that message that they write so that others can read it. Yeah. And that bottom line is what writing is for, isn't it? So it's not exactly. just doing it for because we've got to do it but because we want someone to read this. So let's wrap up on that pretty powerful little piece of, well, reflection, mm. reflection on the year. Um, this is about a pangolin. Mm. I'm not food. I'm not medicine. I'm life. I'm not here. I'm life. I'm just a stolen life. I'm not silence. I'm life. I'm not a knife. I'm life. I'm just a taken life. My life just isn't behind bars. I'm a glistening life. That's part of that. Yeah. That's I'm um, reading from um, her draft. Yes. And it's less, yes. lots of changes. But yes, she was yeah. trying to write from the, getting that motive. Yes. Right oh. There's lots more to it, too. But this is the wild. 
as well. She's written one from the left. Oh, she's written from two yeah. two perspectives there. Fantastic. Now, a, what animal did you say? A pangolin. Yeah. Are you going to ask me what that is now? No, I won't because I know I've heard of it, but do you know what it's going to make me do? It's going to go and make me look it up. Yeah. Yeah. So quite a, a strange-looking yes. creature, yeah. Yeah. but a, an interesting one. Yes. Yeah. So this is the uh, this is the f- original draft. I have big hooves. I live in forests. My hooves dig for food. I like snow. I run around. I eat grass. That was the first draft. My hooves can barely be seen as they run through as I run through the Arctic tundra. We munch on grass. What else do we do? Run with Santa in his sleigh. Sl- Santa sleighs presents. That's the fantasy. Reality is different. Hunting, hiding, stalking. Food is scarce. The wind blows me this way and that. The snow blocks the green grass. Coffee, the answer to everything. Coffee, the brown drops of heaven. Coffee, the reason I live. Coffee, why drink anything else? Coffee, the best thing in the whole world. Coffee, can't live without it. Coffee, oh yeah, and there's also my family. Coffee. Coffee, eggs, bacon, showers. I carry the mug out of the kitchen, out of the way of my kids who are making eggs on toast. I sit down with a grunt, slurp. The glorious coffee is all gone. To my surprise, my lovely daughter brings over a plate of delicious eggs and bacon. I eat it gratefully. The weekends are almost the only time I have with everyone in the house, so I try to make the most of it. Sometimes it ends because my daughter is up a tree. Or the boys are playing, hang on, is that the bow and arrow? It's crazy. This is normal to me. I'm going to join in. So thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We've loved to see that so many of you have subscribed to our episodes from all corners of the world. The Teacher's Toolkit podcast is all about giving you an insider's guide to top teaching ideas, tools, techniques in literacy teaching and learning. Please subscribe to our weekly newsletter via the website. You'll receive advance notice on blogs, podcasts, events and ways to contact us. But to wrap up, thank you so much, Liz and Liam, for coming to bring your world into this world to share your reflections and insights into the art and craft of what you've been doing in that integration of reading, writing, or that literacy integration this year. You've been so generous in sharing so much of the insights, and I know we only picked two of those areas <laughs> to talk about, but it gave us a little bit of an anchor to explore that a little bit further. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. Okay, thank you. Liam and Liz. Thanks, Sharon. All the best. Thank you to all the listeners and wish you all the best too. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. To make sure you don't miss any literacy learning tips and insights, please subscribe to our show on your favourite podcast player. At Q Learning, our literacy specialists draw on over 30 years of teaching and international consulting experience to deliver world-class learning solutions. We equip, empower and support teachers to become their authentic selves. To find out about upcoming webinars and about how Q can help you and your school, visit qlearning.com.au. 
And you can get even more amazing teaching resources right now at teachific.com.au. Stay tuned.